Welcome to Kingdom Leadership. In Matthew 20 and 25, Jesus called his disciples together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentile lord over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. It is not that way among you, but whosoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. God has called us to lead in a way that serves others and advances the kingdom of God. Please join our hosts as they discuss scriptures, principles, and strategies for leading in a way that brings glory to God and blesses you and those you serve. You may also visit us online at IamAKingdomLeader.com to submit your questions or access past episodes. Let's go. Hello, Kingdom Leaders. This is Arlene Green, and I'm so glad you've joined us for another episode of Kingdom Leadership, where our mission is to disciple, meaning train, equip, prepare, encourage you so that you can accomplish all God has called you to do, and that you're able to do it in a way that brings God glory and draws other people to him. So I'm so glad you joined today. I am really excited about this episode and this series we're starting a new series that I've entitled The Four Questions of Leadership, meaning what are four simple questions we as leaders can ask ourselves to make sure and just think about how we can lead more effectively. You know, one of my favorite quotes on leadership is by Kenneth Blanchard, and he said, I'm sure I've said this before on shows, leadership is about going somewhere. Leadership is about going somewhere. And in researching it, I thought that he had a second sentence after that, which said, first, leadership is about going somewhere. And then he said, if you and your people don't know where you're going, your leadership doesn't matter. <laughs> I thought that was interesting, too. Um, and I agree. You know, the question is, where are we going? What are we leading people to? How are we growing? What are we accomplishing? And if we're not doing that, why are we leading in the first place? Right. So if you'd like to access previous episodes, you can go to the website I am a kingdomleader.com. And along with the website, you can send me an email just to say hey uh, at my email, which is agreen, A G R E E N, at lifechangingfaith.com. Life Changing Faith is our church that sponsors this show and this radio station. So the series we're starting, the four questions of leadership. And those four questions are why, what, how, and now. And in my business, we teach a strategy class that encompasses those four questions. Why, what, how, and now. So let's start with the first question, and that's what we're going to focus on in today's episode, which is why. In other words, why are you leading? You know, why? You know, our philosophy is that anytime you have an opportunity to influence someone in a positive direction, that is a leadership opportunity. So leadership is not just what we do at our job or in a certain role in a ministry uh, because you don't have to be the most senior person to be a leader. We've probably all been on teams where no one is following the person in the most senior position. Why? Because that person isn't leading. They maybe aren't the leader of the team. They're not influencing. So your leadership role could be with your godchildren, your cousins, your children, your family, your neighborhood block. Could be with your friends, your fraternity or sorority. God is looking for us to lead. We are supposed to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. Uh, one of our shows, earlier shows by Charles Brazil, 
was called Born to Lead because God intended for us to influence the people in the world around us. We were born to lead. So in that leadership opportunity, when you have the chance to influence someone, I want us to ask ourselves the first of the four questions of leadership, which is, why are we leading? Why am I leading? And I want us to answer it in two ways. One, from the perspective of those you lead, and then two, from your own personal perspective. So let's start with the perspective of your team or your family, of the other people that you're leading. So the first question is, why are you all together as a group? You know, what is your ultimate mission or assignment on this planet? God is a very intentional and purposeful God. So if you and others are going to be living or working together, there's a purpose in that work. And I have a lot of examples to share with you, but let's just start with the Bible, um, the foundation of everything. And I think about the Great Commission. Have you all heard of the Great Commission and, and what it is and why it's called the Great Commission? The Great Commission is in the Bible in Matthew chapter 28. And I'm going to read it and then we'll talk about it. But this is basically what Jesus was saying to his disciples and all of us about what our purpose is. Why are we uh, on this earth and what are we supposed to be doing? So let's start at verse 16. And the Bible says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, I'll, let me just mention the doubted. I'll go back to verse 18. You know, so this is when God was, Jesus had been resurrected, right? So, so some are a little doubting. He had come back from the dead. So then in verse 18, it says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so that is the Great Commission, meaning all of us are being commissioned, you know, commissioned into service, essentially, to go and declare Jesus Christ and the gospel to everyone everywhere. Um, some people call the Great Commission the end of the gospel, meaning the birth, life, death, resurrection of Christ, and the beginning of faith in action for all Christians. So no matter what situation we find ourselves, a corporate job, ministry, um, you know, working in manufacturing, schools, service jobs like restaurants, retail, wherever you get to interact with people every day, being a student, it doesn't matter. In all those situations, we are called to go and make disciples, to baptize, to teach, having God with us all of the time. You know, that this doesn't mean we'll have the opportunity to actually preach the gospel or baptize someone in every interaction. Certainly we may not. But if that's our ultimate purpose, which it is, all of our actions should be leading to that end. So if you're leading a team, part of the purpose is to go and make disciples or followers of Christ. If you're in ministry, that's very straightforward. You know, I remember when we were launching our internet radio station, pastor said that basically all of our shows were the same and that the core focus, you know, that the purpose of the show was to preach the gospel. We were all talking about Jesus Christ and about preaching the gospel of Christ so that people might be saved. Now on our show in particular, we focus on how the gospel comes to life in leadership, 
You know, another show, The Undefeated Man, focuses on how the gospel comes to life in the lives of boys and men. Um, another show, Faith and Power, talks about how we live in the power of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. But in the end, all of the shows are about preaching the gospel and creating better disciples or followers of Christ. So if you're in ministry, yes, your ministry needs a purpose statement, a why for why you exist. And it certainly includes the Great Commission, right? So it includes this going and making disciples. But you probably also want the more specific calling for your particular team. So, for example, for our show, our mission is to disciple you, meaning train, equip, prepare, encourage leaders so that you can accomplish all that God has called you to do and that you're able to do it in a way that brings God glory and draws other people to him. So that's how we are going about the Great Commission. You know, for our church ministry, we have a group called the Leadership Training Institute, and our mission there is to equip believers and the leaders in our church to lead like Jesus in all facets of ministry and life. So what is it for your ministry? Do you know it? One, do your people know it? Two, um, because if not, that's the first question to answer. Go to God, ask your ministry members to pray on it, then work together to uncover, you know, not necessarily create, because you're really seeking God for what he wants you to do. So to uncover, hear from God, how he would like your specific team to go and make disciples. We're all working in service to the Great Commission, but how should we go about it? So that's in ministry. But let's talk about our roles outside of ministry. Let's say you are the only Christian on your team. Awesome. Great. <laughs> You're exactly where God wants you to be. You are in a perfect position to influence those around you and to go and make disciples. Right, so out of ministry, outside of ministry, even if you're leading a group of people, I think outside of ministry, it's best to start with your personal why. Meaning, why is your what's your personal and individual purpose for being in this assignment? And I love the word assignment. Um, a friend of mine in Bible study, one of our deacons, uh, Deacon Key, mentioned that the other day that he no longer thinks of jobs as jobs, but instead he looks at them as assignments. Meaning, God has assigned him to that place, assigned him to that group of people for a reason. So now we know that part of that is to go and make disciples. Then we need to figure out how are we being asked to do that. So as a, an example, um, I have an HR consulting business. And my purpose with my clients is to help them identify and achieve their greatest aspirations and to help their people and their businesses grow in a sustainable way. And by doing that, it gives me a lot of opportunities to work with people individually, you know, work with them in groups. So in that, I'm always praying for my clients. You know, I pray before every meeting that I would be Jesus in the earth realm, meaning whatever he wants done in that meeting, whatever he wants said, I'm able to do it and say it. Um, you know, that there's if there's an opportunity for me to share him directly, for me to know that and to do that, now, the opportunities to talk about Jesus and faith don't come up all the time, of course, maybe once a week or so. Um, but once a week, it does come up, and I'm able to share what I know to be true through my own story of faith, my own experience with God, my own experience with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So why are you at your job? What assignment or people has God given you? Um, who are you assigned to serve while you're there? If you're not sure, ask them. You know, the word says that ask and it'll be given, seek and we will find, knock and the door will be opened. 
God certainly wants you to know your assignment so that you can carry it out uh, for the benefit of him, the kingdom, the people you interact with. So if you're not sure, ask him and better yet, ask him daily. Spend time with God in the morning. You know, I like to spend time with him in the morning. And sometimes he'll just put one person on my mind or one person on my heart. And based on that, I'll just send him a quick text or reach out to them. You know, when I worked in an environment with a lot of people around me, I might just pop by their office one time. You know, it may be even just turning off the radio on your way to work and asking him during that time, what's my assignment for the day? I There's so much to this morning time. I led a personal productivity class last year for a group. And while we were preparing for that class, I was just reminded of how important it is to start each day with a plan and an intention. There's some research that says spending just 10 minutes a day, you know, you think there are 24 hours in a day. I'm talking about 10 minutes. So a portion of one of those hours, 10 minutes in the morning planning your day means you are way more likely to accomplish the most important things in that day because you're starting the day with an intention. And, you know, in that time, those 10 minutes, that's maybe where you also, where you can also ask God, what's his assignment for you in that day? So know your assignment. And once God has told you your personal why, whether it's daily or it's something broader over lots of times, then you can move to your team why. And I think of your team why is essentially the rallying cry for your team, meaning we exist to do what? You know, we exist as a family to do what? God has put this group of people together for what reason? You know, why are we important to this organization, to our business? What value do we provide? And I like to think of these as short statements that are easy to understand, easy to remember, easy to share. You know, if it goes past 15 words or if you have to take a breath in between, <laughs> then it probably is a little too long. So if you don't have one, I say get one immediately. It helps bring purpose, focus to your team. It motivates people at work because one of the most motivational things at work is having a purpose. Right? Feeling like you're working towards something that's greater than yourself or this one assignment I'm doing. If my assignment is to make copies, I don't mind making copies, but I'll probably do a better job if I know why I'm making these copies. Right, So it, it just gives purpose to our work. So let me read a few so you can get a feel of what I mean. These are the mission statements of a few brands that I like um, and who also had mission statements I really like. So Tesla is a car brand. Not that I have one, but I do admire them. And their statement is to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy, right? So why are we working? And they've been working really hard lately because of all the orders. But why are we working really hard? Well, we're working to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. Chick-fil-A, home of the chicken sandwich, which I love, um, their statement is to glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that is entrusted to us and to have a positive influence on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. Love that. Google, which we probably all use regularly, is to organize the world's information and make it universally accessible, accessible and useful. Um, dollar store, which I love. Store in the U.S., fun place to walk around where everything's $1 or less. Um, their mission statement is to be a customer-oriented, value-driven variety store, and it does feel like a variety store. There's so many things in there, operating at a $1 price point. You know, so there, those are just a few, but you can also have a family purpose statement. We don't have one, but 
as I was preparing for this, I think we really need one. And I want us to create one. I got to convince my family that I want us to create one. And I thought about this actually before, because one of the pastors at our church shared his, and I was so inspired by it. And this could be for yourself, a family of two, you know, you and a spouse. It could be for a family of 22. It could be for you and your sisters or you and your parents. Um, family is the people you're living and doing life together with, is the way I think about it. So let me share a couple I found online. Um, these are from Brett and Kate McKay. They have a whole kind of step-by-step -step process on how to create one. And I'm just going to share a few words from a couple that I saw. So these are family mission statements. So it said Bruce Filer's family mission statement, which they have in parentheses, which was drafted, which was drafted with input from his five-year-old. <laughs> I love some of these. I'll read some of the lines. May our first word be adventure and our last word be love. I love that. May our first word be adventure and our last word be love. It says we live lives of passion. We dream undreamable dreams. We are travelers, not tourists. We help others to fly. We love to learn. We don't like dilemmas. We like solutions. We push through. We believe. We know it's okay to make mistakes. We bring people together. We are joy, rapture. And then it says, yay, <laughs> which I'm guessing came from the five-year-old. So I love that one. That's one family mission statement. They also have, he has on, they have on here their family mission statement. So the McKay family mission statement. And this is certainly, you can feel the biblical perspective in here. So it starts with, we love and serve God. We strive to make our home a refuge from the cares and troubles of the world. We do hard things. We're creators, not consumers. We stay hungry and humble. I love that. Hungry and humble. We face adversity with stoicism. Meaning, yes, there's going to be a lot of adversity, but it's not going to shake us. We show kindness to our family members and others. We help each other reach our potential. We're devoted to lifelong learning. We know that sacrifice brings forth the blessings of heaven. We face life with a sense of humor and a lot of laughter. I love those. So those are, you know, I gave you some business examples. Those are some family examples about how mission statements can give purpose and meaning to the daily work of life and the daily work of jobs and those types of things, even ministry. And, you know, all the great leaders of the Bible communicated with those they led about their purpose, what they were going to do, how they were going to do it, but also their purpose, their why for doing it. And as kingdom leaders, we really need to do the same. You know, I think about if I'm planning a trip, I generally have a purpose for that trip. You know, I might be going for relaxation, business, mission, charity work, whatever it is, there's a purpose. And if you and those you lead are going somewhere, they need a purpose as well. Because that purpose is what informs all the trip details, right? So if I'm going for fun, I'm packing jeans and tennis shoes and probably nothing formal unless I absolutely have to. If I'm going for work, I'm packing what a coworker of mine used to call my fancy pants, dress pants basically, and generally some flat and comfortable shoes, you know, but work appropriate. If I'm going to a wedding, I'm probably packing a pair of heels and a dress or something. But if I don't know my purpose for where I'm going, I'm either probably doing too much, not enough, or just doing the wrong things altogether. Because when people don't know their purpose, it doesn't mean they're not busy. They're probably still busy, but they may not be busy in service to the purpose for your particular team, your particular group. And there are a lot of examples in the Bible of how first God himself and then godly leaders following his example were clear on the purpose and the why behind the, you know, why behind the work. 
And we can start with the fact that God gave us 66 books. He's given us 66 books, not verses, books, so we can understand him and his purpose for us and for this earth and for a lot of the things that we see going on, right? So he set the ultimate example. And then we have lots of godly leaders that are in the Bible. One I was thinking about was David. You know, at one point, David wanted to build the temple for God. And God told him, no, you know, he wasn't going to be the one to build the temple. But his son, Solomon, would build the temple. And once David learned this, he provided detailed instructions to Solomon and, and the people on the importance of the temple you know, Solomon's role in leading that work, how God was going to enable them to complete such an enormous and important task, details about how the temple should be built, encouragement for the journey. You know, David was very clear in the why behind the work and also the what. In, let me find, in First Chronicles 28 and 8, David was talking to Solomon and the people and he said, be careful to follow all the commands of the Lord your God. You know, why? Question. That's me adding in the why. That you may possess this good land and pass it on as an inheritance to your descendants forever. You know, David also said all this I have in writing from the hand of the Lord upon me and gave me understanding and all the details of the plan. Meaning he answered the why question and then he gave him lots of details on the what. So, there are a lot of examples in scripture about the importance of why. We talked about the Great Commission earlier. You know, that is our purpose on this earth to share God, to make disciples of other people until to the ends of the earth. So that means everyone we come in contact with, we should be sharing God, sharing the gospel of Christ, imploring people to give their lives to Christ so that they might be saved. And, you know, so let's say we're all aligned on this idea that yes, there are so many examples, and we agree that it is important to have a purpose for your life, for your work, certainly in leadership roles, for your teams. You know, let's say we agree with that. So then let's get practical and let's get to a question for the day that can help us talk about how we go about doing that. So here's the question for today. I lead, and I was in this position actually, I lead a small team of four at my job. I've never created or shared a purpose statement and our company doesn't have one. Do you think a mission or purpose statement is needed for such a small group? And if so, what are the best tips for creating one with my team? So first, let me congratulate on the idea that the desire and commitment to creating and sharing a purpose statement for your team. And my answer to the first question is yes. I think it's very valuable for all teams, including small teams. I remember I had a team of three, including myself at one point. And our team was charged with managing the hiring system for, you know, all these different field locations in my organization. So locations across the United States and Canada. And I remember one year we had a mission statement and vision that I still remember. It was called Online in 09, 2009. We were taking the hiring process from paper and pencil to online. Um, and I just remember after I changed roles, going back to one of my teammates' cubicles, and she still had the button up in her cubicle, because we had buttons made for the three of us, um, online in 09. We called ourselves a small and mighty team. And I even remember, like we had team meetings, a lot of them were at my house. I remember giving away glass awards at the end of the year for the achievement. Yep, me and my two people had a recognition event. I think again, it was at my house. 
because we indeed got the company online in 09. So I'm going to tell you, whether you're a team of one or 100,000, having a purpose for the work, something that unites you together, answers the question, why are we even doing this, is critical. So I'd say, yes, let's plan to get one. And let's plan to do one. So now let's talk about tips for getting it done. My first tip is don't do it alone. You know, the word says that we are a church body, meaning that if I'm the foot, you may be the hand. And the general thought behind that is we need each other. And that in this life, in the life we're living right now, in this age and time, God speaks through lots of different people. So we should be discerning and understanding God's will together. Now, can God give one of us a, a mission, a vision? Absolutely. But will that vision be made better and clearer by sharing it and gathering input from others who are also called to do the work? Absolutely. So whether you're in a ministry or non-ministry context, seeking input from others will help. And I'm not saying everyone's always going to align with what you see as the mission, but should you be seeking input from others, especially those that are you're called to work together with? Yes. You know, as the leader, you own the responsibility for it, but it should be something where other people around you are making it better. And I remember with the smaller team that I mentioned, my online and 09 team, you know, I don't really think I was certain we could actually get it done in the time frame we'd laid out. But my team, the other two people were confident, so we went for it and got it done. I don't even think I came up with the online in 09. I think someone else on the team did. Uh, but the first tip is, so don't do it alone. Do it with others. My second tip is keep it simple. You heard the purpose statements I read earlier, especially those from the business that I really liked. Um, all of them were simple, very clear. Even the family statements use very simple language. You know, we're humble and hungry online in 09. It's simple. It's clear. And, you know, as I said, if your purpose statement requires lots of breaths, it's probably too long, seriously. So... Our, I was thinking about this. Our pastor was teaching us the other day that when the Bible was first written, it was written in what he called street language Greek, meaning it was written a very common language of the day. Now, for me, I think the first Bible I was exposed to was probably the King James Version or maybe the New King James Version, but that didn't feel very common language at all. But the first Bible was actually written in this Greek language and some scholars say that's because that was the most common language of the day. You know, that was the language that could reach all the people, not just the Hebrews, but the Gentiles as well. So something everyone could relate to. And that's what we want to use as well. We want to use simple language that everyone can relate to. Everyone can understand. So think about the audience that's going to be hearing this mission statement, um, going to be using it as kind of a guide for their work. Is it in words, language, simplicity that everyone can understand because you want to keep it simple? So that's point two. My third tip, my final tip, is to answer the question why and not just what. And this can be harder to do than it sounds. Um, but you want to answer the broadest question, which is why. It's so much easier, to be honest with you, to answer the tactical question, which is what do we do? But mission statements, we really want to focus on why are we doing it? Because one of the greatest motivators of work is purpose, believing that what I'm doing every day, regardless of what that is, making copies, working on a manufacturing line, serving in a store, working in an office, checking emails, <laughs> writing reports, um, that the work matters. And so the goal of that mission statement is not, is not to ask people to figure it out for themselves, but to tell them 
Why does this work matter? And we know that's what God cares about most as well, right? He cares about the intentions of our heart, why we're doing things. We did a Bible study um, with a group over last year, and one of the one of the studies within that that Bible study talked about the difference between Old Testament and New Testament expectations. And a lot of what was in the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments, talked about what. And a lot of what's in the New Testament also talks about why. I'll give you a couple examples. In the Old Testament, we were taught not to murder, right? That's the what. In the New Testament, we're taught not to even get angry. Why? Because it's that anger or to let, you know, the sun come down on our anger, not to be angry long. Why? Because it's the anger that leads to things like murder. In the Old Testament, we're taught not to commit adultery. In the New Testament, we're taught not to even think about or lust over anyone else in that way. Why? Because it's the thinking that leads to the action. The why or the thinking component comes before the doing. It's the thinking, the why, that leads to the doing, right? As a man thinketh, so is he, the Bible says. So when you're creating a mission for your life or for your team, you have to start with why. Because it's the why that then tells you what you should be doing it's the why that helps you prioritize the different things, opportunities of life, schedules, tasks, etc. You know, it's the why that tells us, are we doing what we should be doing, where we should be doing it. And that, that kind of happened to me last week. I had one plan for the weekend, but some things changed. I really felt like I was supposed to be somewhere else. And I felt confirmed in it because I felt like I was where I was supposed to be because I know one of my missions, whys, is to be of great support to friends and family, and I love doing that. You know, so my why helped me make a decision about where I should spend my time. So I want to read a few team mission statements, there's a couple that I've read already, and I want you to tell me if you think the statement does or does not answer the why question. Because I think they do answer the first thing I mentioned about keeping it simple, um, and I'm, you know, may not have been done alone. So it's simple. But the harder question is the why question. I want you to tell me if you think these statements answer the why question. So the first one I mentioned is the one my team had three years ago. Small team of three had. And it was called, my small team of three had many years ago. It was called Online in 09. We're moving the hiring systems online in 09. Does that answer why? What do you all think? I'd say no. <laughs> it answers what? What are we doing? We're moving the hiring system online in 09, but it doesn't say why we were doing that. So I think that one fails that test. It helped us, but it, it fails the test of why. Let's talk about Tesla. The mission was to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. Does that answer the why question? I think yes, because everything they're doing is about accelerating the world's transition to sustainable energy. Um, now, they might be able to add a few more words to indicate why that's so important to the environment, but I think their why is there. You know, now let's talk about Chick-fil-A. I mentioned that one. To glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that is entrusted to us, to have a positive influence on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. I'd say yes. You know, their, their purpose is to glorify God first, and the second one is to have a positive influence. So I want you to look at your mission statements if you have one. If you don't, then think about it when you create one and make sure it answers the question, why? You know, if you want more information on this, Simon Sinek did an awesome video on this. His name is Simon Sinek, S-I-N-E-K, I believe. He uses a concept he calls the golden triangle. 
which talks about the importance of answering the question why and answering it first before you even get to the what. And he used an example I love about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And he said that Dr. King's most famous speech and really one of the most famous speeches in the world answered the why question. Almost everything in that speech was about why this work was important. And Simon said, which I love, kind of quoting something almost like this, Dr. King said, I have a dream, not I have a plan. <laughs> because how motivational is a plan? You know, it's not. It's not if you don't know the why behind something. So we really want to focus on why. So I pray that blessed you. I think about the why for our team in this program. And our first why is to share the gospel of Christ with others so that everyone might be saved. And that everyone includes you. So if you're listing this program and you don't know if you're saved, meaning if you die tomorrow, you're not sure where you'll go. You have come to the right place. You're at the right program because God loves you. And he made a way that we can all be forgiven of all the terrible things we've done in the past and everything we might do in the future. The Bible says all of us, every one of us has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And he has created a way that all of us, regardless of what we've done, might be saved because we all need a savior. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to live a perfect and sinless life. Jesus Christ then died for us, paying the price for all sin, past, present, and future. And by us just believing in Jesus Christ, we have the opportunity to be saved, saved from our sin and saved for all of eternity. We have the opportunity to live this life on earth with God as our helper and our purpose. And when we die, we will live a joyous life with God, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit forever. So to be saved and spend eternity with God, the Bible says in Romans 10, verses 9 through 10, that we must declare with our mouth that Jesus God's one and only son is Lord, and we must believe in our heart that Christ died for our sins and that God raised Christ from the dead. And if you believe that and declare it and mean it, you are saved. So if let's pray this simple prayer together. And I always say, if you're saved, let's pray it together again, just to remind ourselves of the awesome gift and blessing we have from our, from our Lord and from our Savior, Jesus Christ. So let's pray. God, I declare with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe in my heart that you raised Christ from the dead. I thank you for loving me and saving me. I acknowledge you, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and my Savior. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, and I pray you did, you are saved. Welcome to the family of God. Send us a note to let us know at my email, agreen, A-G-R-E-E-N, at lifechangingfaith.com. We want to reach out to you, encourage you along the way. Find a Bible teaching church a church family that you can love and will love you in return. I am so excited about all that is to come for you as you get to know our Father, our Savior, and our Holy Spirit even better. So thank you all so much for joining today's episode. I look forward to talking with you next time. You can access past episodes on our website, www.iamakingdomleader.com, along with blogs and bios for our hosts. 
I am praying peace and blessings over you and everything you are connected to. Until we talk again, God bless you. Thank you for joining Kingdom Leadership, and we pray you were blessed by today's discussion. You can find us next week at the same place, same time. You may also visit us online to access past episodes and submit questions for future shows by visiting IamAKingdomLeader.com. God is calling us to lead in a way that gives Him glory, attracts others, and advances His kingdom. God bless you.